There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stutton. And I'm Marie. I'm, well, I'm here, but I just... <laughs> I was going to say, I think Maria's writing an email right now, but no, you're here. Well, yeah, but I can do both. I'm I here. But I- Some people don't like to multitask. <laughs> I'm here. It's me. Okay, good. good. Okay. Webcrawlers has a Patreon, and you guys have been doing such an amazing job contributing lately. We really appreciate it. To get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, merch discounts, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. I have a Sasquatch costume coming in from Amazon on June 4th, it's supposed to be arriving. You can't prime a Yeti costume. They don't have any primable, so I had to wait a little bit. That's a disgrace. A disgrace. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, in June, uh, it will be the end of our daily mini mini episodes, and we're going to be moving to three times a week. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, screenshot and DM it to us, and we will shout you out. As usual, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. It's really been popping off, and we've been getting tons of messages so far, so please keep them coming. Melissa, who are our... Oh, my God. 
I'm just looking at one of the the people. Do you, is it her? No, it's not her. <laughs> okay. I'm just okay. The email um, address. <laughs> um, who are our patrons? We have Major Brown, Liz and James, LS, Havila S, and Fisa. I thought it was Anfisa for 90 Day Fiance. Well, her picture it. on Patreon is Anfisa's picture. Shut up. That's so mean. We. <laughs> I thought, I was like, oh my God, Anfisa is on our Patreon, but it's the you email died. addresses. You died. You get so excited. I know. Erica P., Nicole C., Alan C., Adonis O., Andy and D., Sharon L., Anna C., Sydney B., and Copper Whopper. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Y'all are the best. We appreciate you. Our main story today is we are going to be talking about Amelia Earhart. Uh, Melissa, give us the gist. So Amelia Earhart is one of the most famous pilots in the world. Other than the guy who ran into the birds. Sully. Sully. Other than Sully, yes. (laughs) She was the first woman. If someone was like named two pilots, you'd be like Amelia Amelia Earhart and Sully. Sully. Yeah. (laughs) She was the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. But on July 2nd, 1937, she and her navigator, Fred Noonan, took off from Papua New Guinea for Howland Island on their third to last leg of their trip around the world. But they vanished. Did they crash into the ocean? Did they land on a different island? Were they kidnapped? Was Amelia a spy? Let's Let's get get into it. it. into yesterday at aviation's leading lady, Miss Amelia Earhart. Earhart disappeared in July of 1937, and ever since, theory after theory of her fate has intrigued a generation. She is perhaps the most famous missing person of all time. Okay, so some background on Amelia. She was born in Atchison, Kansas in 1897. Crazy. And when she was seven years old, she built this homemade ramp Whoa. to resemble a roller coaster she had seen on a trip to St. Louis. And she attached it to the roof of her tool shed and she slid down it in a wooden box. Sick. She bruised her lip and she tore her dress. But she was so excited that she yelled to her sister, Oh, Pidge, it's just like flying. It's weird that like people in 1897 talked like movies. Oh, Pidge, it's just like it's flying. It's just like flying. <laughs> So throughout her childhood, she kept a scrapbook of newspaper clippings about successful women in predominantly male-oriented fields, including film direction and production, law and advertising, management, and mechanical engineering. So she was like a really cool, independent little girl. Yeah. And she worked as a nurse's aide during the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, But she herself got sick and she was in the hospital for a month and she had this like crazy sinus infection, which caused her to have headaches for a year. So she moved in with her sister while she's trying to get better and she passed the time by studying mechanical engineering and playing the banjo. Honestly, so sick. I know, right? So she had chronic sinusitis significantly throughout her life and it affected flying later in life. And sometimes even on the airfield, she was forced to wear a bandage on her cheek to cover a small drainage tube. Ew. Which is crazy because the pre-antibiotic days 
We're nuts. nuts. Like, what did we do before antibiotics? That's just crazy. Oh, my God. So after she recovered, she visited an airfield with her father, and she got to ride in a plane. And after that flight, she was like, that's it. I want to become a pilot. That's the coolest thing ever. Oh, Pidge, it feels like flying. Oh, Pidge, it's just like (laughs) flying, see? It's like flying, see? So she took she took flying lessons, and in order to fit in with the other pilots, she bought a leather jacket. Sick. That, but she slept in it for three days, oh, so it looked worn. Mm-hmm. And then she cut her hair short to fit in with the style of all the f- other female pilots. And that's why I did it. Yeah, <laughs> to fit in with the female pilots. Yeah, <laughs> your haircut. It's just like a <laughs> flying pilot, see. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Amelia Earhart. I was taking the Amelia Earhart challenge. Yeah, Amelia Earhart challenge. <laughs> it's just cutting your hair short. It's nothing to do with flying. I got the haircut, you see? <laughs> haircut, see? You guys have lost it. I know. Anyways. So on, on May 15th, 1923, <laughs> Amelia became the 16th woman in the United States to be issued a pilot's license. Oh, wow. And then at or 1928, at age 31, she became the first female passenger to fly across the Atlantic. Wow. Which, like, you know, catapulted her into being a celebrity. And she accepted... I'm famous now, Pidge. Look at me. Look at me, Pidge. I'm famous, see? <laughs> So she accepted a position as associate editor at Cosmo magazine. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so she used that forum as an opportunity to com- to campaign for greater public acceptance of aviation, especially focusing on the role of the women entering the field of flying. So that's cool. Yeah. And in 1932, she became the first woman to make a nonstop solo transatlantic flight. And she was also a member of the National Women's Party, and she was an early supporter of the Equal Rights Amendment. Good for her. And she wrote best-selling books about her flying experiences, and she was instrumental in the formation of the 99s, an organization for female pilots. Wow. So she was cool as hell. Yeah, I'd say so. Amelia was hanging out with publisher George Putnam a lot. He was obsessed with her and proposed to her six times before she finally agreed to marry him. Amelia referred to her marriage as a partnership with dual control. She wrote a letter to George on her wedding day that said, I want you to understand I shall not hold you to any medieval code of faithfulness to me, nor shall I consider myself bound to you similarly. I may have to keep some place where I can go to be myself. Now and then, for I cannot guarantee to endure at all times the confinement of even an attractive cage. That's so tight. Yeah. I'm like, I want to say that. That's like exactly how I feel. (laughs) Her ideas on marriage were, I'm going to DM that to someone later. Her (laughs) ideas on marriage were, we all know who. Her ideas on marriage were extremely liberal for the time. She believed in equal responsibilities for both breadwinners and kept her own name rather than being referred to as Mrs. Putnam. When the New York Times insisted on referring to her as Mrs. Putnam, she laughed it off. 
Her husband was called Mr. Earhart. Yes. That's great. She became friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. which we talk about later, who obtained a student flying permit after flying with Amelia. In 1936, she started planning a round-the-world flight. Fred Noonan, a ship captain and experienced navigator, was going to fly with her on the leg from Hawaii to Howland Island. Fred wanted to open a navigation school and saw his participation in flight with Amelia as a way to generate interest. Then Harry Manning would be her navigator to Australia. Then she would fly home by herself from there. In March 1937, Earhart and crew flew from Oakland, California to Honolulu. Wait, so where is she trying to go around the world? She's trying to go around the world. And this was her first attempt. Okay. In March 1937, uh, Earhart and crew flew from Oakland, California to Honolulu. Then, oh God, imagine being in Honolulu right now. Then they were going to fly to Howland Island, a small island in the Pacific. But during takeoff, the landing gear collapsed and the propeller hit the ground. The plane needed to be repaired and the flight was called off. She said her tire exploded, which was controversial. Because some people were like, oh, we think it's pilot error that she just like didn't know what she was doing. Didn't know what she was doing. But also some people think it was like they were saying it was pilot error because she was a woman. Of course. So it could have just been like, you know, the tire exploded. Sure. But some people are like, oh, she's a woman. She doesn't know what she's she's doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then the second attempt on June 1st, Amelia and Fred Noonan departed Miami and they made numerous stops in South America. Uh, and then they arrived at Ley, New Guinea on June 29th, 1937. So at this stage, about 22,000 miles of the journey had been completed. And there's only 7,000 miles left. So on July 2nd, 1927, the day she went missing, Amelia and Fred, they took off from Ley, Papua New Guinea at midnight. The plane had about 1,100 gallons of gas. And around 3 p.m., Earhart reported her altitude as 10,000 feet, but that they, they would reduce altitude due to thick clouds. And around 5 p.m., Earhart reported her altitude as 7,000 feet and a speed of 150 knots. And their last known position report was near the Nukumanu Islands, which was about 800 miles into the flight. Mm. So a Coast Guard ship was communicating with them to help with the landing on Howland Island. And during their approach to the island, the ship received strong and clear voice transmissions from Earhart identifying, but she was apparently unable to hear voice transmissions from the ship. So she could talk to them, but she couldn't hear anything that they were saying. Weird. So her last few radio logs, there's one at 7.30 a.m. that says, Earhart on Northwest says running out of gas, only one half hour left, can't hear us at all. We hear her and are sending on 3105, same time constantly. So this was the log that the ship reported that they heard Amelia say that she was running out of gas and that she only had a half hour of gas left and that she couldn't hear them. And then 10 minutes later says, we must be on you but cannot see you, but gas is running low, been unable to reach you by radio. We are flying at 1,000 feet. They said that what they heard was that she was still running out of gas and that she was flying at 1,000 feet, which is super low. That's really low. low. So an hour after... 
her last transmission, they started searching for her. And the search lasted 17 days. They searched like everywhere and nothing was ever found. Well, in my opinion, she crashed into the water. But we also have some more web crawlers type theories. And we have um, a special guest. Uh, Should we get into our theories? Yes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so today we have Rebecca on uh, from our favorite podcast, which is also on the Erios Network, The Alarmist. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, I'm doing uh, very well. I'm very happy and excited to be here. Uh, The feeling is mutual. So this is a treat. (laughs) Um, And you just did an episode on Amelia Earhart also, right? We did. We we figured out who's to blame for this tragic disappearance uh so all is well in the world but shockingly we didn't speak about one conspiracy theory not one wow now i'm very curious who did you decide was to blame for it all so we sent publicity stunts to the alarmist jail Ooh, interesting. Oh, yes. And we did give amelia and her navigator fred the big slap Oh, shit. So like pilot error, basically. It, yes. It, you know, they, they should have known. They should have known better. And our, our, we, we spoke to a, a, an Amelia ex, uh, expert. Oh, wow. And she confirmed that she thinks that Amelia would have given herself a slap. Really? Oh. Yes. I, th- I thought that was shocking. That's interesting. <laughs> Imagine having your career being an Amelia Earhart expert. Right? I I mean, (laughs) she's a complicated woman. Like, researching her, I was like, oh my God, there's so much to her. There's so much to her. There really is. She's very badass. That being said, 
Um, should we get into some theories? And then Rebecca, you can tell us what you think of all these. I think the theories go from like most probable to least probable. Melissa, what's our first theory? Our first theory is just that she ran out of fuel and crashed. Mm. And that's just like miscalculation on her part. That's kind of the most reasonable theory. Yes, that is definitely uh, my top theory. I'm willing to change. My my brain is malleable today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's the theory I tend to go along with. It makes sense. You know, she only had a certain amount of fuel she definitely didn't have uh, the 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 technology that nowadays we uh, you know we have to find right. this very small you know the island was about a, a mile long and half a mile yeah. wide so we're talking about like a you know we we said it was like a finding a banana in the middle of the Pacific Ocean Jesus like that's how small it is. <laughs> That's yeah, that it's so tiny. It's a tiny island. It wasn't even a, an island that was inhabited. Um they they had created right. they had built a runway on this island specifically for her to land. Right. You know, it wasn't really a, a, an island that was on the radar for a lot of people and you know you know, I, I have a lot of issues with her navigator and mm. their styles of navigating. Fred, problematic. Fred is very <laughs> problematic. Um, you know, they, they, they went by celestial navigation. Ooh. Which right. What, That's right. I mean, it's like, okay, fine. You know, it's 1937. You're allowed to no. <laughs> not be <laughs> advanced. Right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know anything back then. It was like trial and error. But I, you know the the big the big for me the big faux pas I guess not not a faux pas uh you know reason yeah, for it. death yeah uh was not so much I mean sh- they they were doing they were going by celestial navigation they were kind of following their gut it wasn't soup their their method of navigating wasn't super accurate but you know she had a, a different navigator for her. Um, first attempt right oh interesting yes she did this guy his name was manning he was uh, a sea captain and he was very well versed in morse code now right now uh amelia and fred did not know morse code oh shit they didn't know morse code no and this is what's crazy ladies okay amelia So Manning, when they have their the first, um, when the plane goes down in Honolulu on their first attempt, right. he like pieces out. He's like, I'm out. I don't think I trust. Yeah, he didn't trust her. He was like, I don't like your style I, of flying. Yeah. And, you know, they say that it could have been that he had to, quote unquote, go back to work. But it mm-hmm. people think it was just that he didn't feel safe. And Right. Yeah, I've read that. He, um... So so then they since Amelia and Fred don't know Morse code they just um they took out the Morse code machine in the in the airplane. Right, it was like that big antenna or something that they took out of the plane. Well, that was another thing. Yes, but there but was another the, thing the, they the, took. The, out of the plane. They just took things out that would have yeah. been really useful. <laughs> They're like, I don't know what that is. Scrap it. <laughs> but there's other antenna thing that they took out. Oh, my God. So this Morse code, you know, they're trying to, the Coast Guard is waiting for them to land on this island and they can't hear them on on their radio right. system. And on top of that, the S- expert told me that she wasn't very good at like using her radio system. She had done like a one hour course. 
Amelia. So this Morse code would have been really helpful to uh, communicate yes. with the Coast Guard. Yeah. Anyway, that the, that's my... I'm sorry, I'm getting agitated. No, but that's important <laughs> stuff. Now, you said something that really um, brought up something important for me. Is you said that the the island was like the size of a banana. <laughs> uh, yeah, is the Do shape. you guys remember the Uh-oh. the Nanarpus Super Bowl commercial? No, for Denny's. No. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. Nanarpus. What is Nanarpus? It just says Nanarpus for like f- fifteen minutes. What is a Nanarpus? It's a it's a banana pancake, <laughs> and it's just a banana. It's a banana dancing on top of a pancake for fifteen minutes, and it just goes Nanarpus, Nanarpus. I'm the Bananarpus. <laughs> you don't remember that commercial from like the early two thousands? No, I have zero recollection of Any- a Nanarpus. <laughs> Anytime someone says banana now, all I think is the nanarpus. Wow, you're traumatized. Was it a joke? No, like I a think, practical joke. I think it was just part of their marketing, and it just one of those things. Jingles stick in your head. Well, it didn't stick in my head, there so it didn't go. work for me. I just thought as soon as you were like Amelia Earhart banana, and I was like nanarpus. <laughs> Um, so oh, maybe we no. put that in the in the web crawlers jail. Nanarpus. The Nanarpus Denny's commercial <laughs> Add to the list. <laughs> Add that to the list. Another theory is that she crashed on an island and she was captured and taken prisoner by the Japanese. So this retired federal agent, a guy named Les Kinney, he was looking through the National Archives for records related to this case, and then he found a photo from the the Naval Intelligence. And this photo came out a couple, maybe it was a year ago or a couple of years ago. This is going around. I was like on Twitter. It was a photo from, I don't know what year it was, but it showed a dock. And then it showed a woman with really short hair, like sitting on a dock. And there's a ship that's pulling a plane that looks like it could have been. And it wasn't Photoshopped. This is like a real photo. No, this is a real photo. And it was from the Marshall Islands. Interesting. And apparently it was taken right after they disappeared. And then also from this island, there were some commemorative stamps that were made (laughs) that were issued in 1987 by the government of the Marshall Islands. And it was to observe what they thought was the 50th anniversary of the crash landing of Amelia. And so (laughs) the stamps were designed by people who like were like eyewitnesses to this crash. And so there's a ship that's in on one of the stamps where it shows like the plane being hauled off that people really? think was Amelia Earhart's plane. We got to get ourselves one of those stamps. Wow. When did the stamps come out? The st- it was 1987. So it was 50th anniversary of what they said was the crash of Amelia Earhart. That is really bizarre. But the photo was later debunked. Melissa. Because it was shot in Palau in 1935. Some Some sources say it was shot two years prior. Interesting. But it was like going around the internet, like this is proof that Amelia was taken prisoner by the Japanese. Fascinating. That's crazy. I would have yeah. thought maybe it was Photoshop. Uh, so so this theory is saying that she landed. Crash landed. Okay. And now we're... <laughs> <laughs> The commemorative stamp theory. <laughs> the commemorative stamp theory. And they theory. lived with this uh, the secret until 87 when they decided to unfold it. 
with via stamps. <laughs> this is Melissa's favorite theory. They're, the stamps are very nice. They're very nice stamps. But yeah, the, it's the people think she was captured by the Japanese and then she just died in their custody or they like or they killed they her. killed her and Fred. They thought they were spies. I'm going to look up. Amelia Earhart commemorative. You see the photo. It's stamp. It's a woman with short hair. It's a woman with N37. <laughs> well, then there, the there it is. <laughs> there it is. What, wasn't the short haircut made popular in the 20s? Yeah. So it was. So <laughs> the short haircut theory doesn't hold. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. Not not really. <laughs> the short haircut uh, commemorative stamp theory. Okay, here's another theory. She was a spy for FDR. Uh, the World War II era movie Flight for Freedom in 1943 is about a fictional female aviator, obviously inspired by Earhart, who engages in a spying mission in the Pacific. The movie helped further a myth that FDR sent Earhart to spy on the Japanese in the Pacific. By 1949, both the United Press and the U.S. Army intelligence had concluded that this rumor was groundless. Jackie Cochran, another pioneering aviator and one of Earhart's friends, searched a bunch of files in Japan and was convinced that the Japanese were not involved in Earhart's disappearance. If I was a spy, though, I'd be like, like if if I was the U.S. and I had made someone a spy, I'd be like, no, she's not a spy. Like, I'd deny it. That's what you do with spies, right? Yeah, you can't claim a spy. You'd be like, I don't know her. Yeah, you don't. So, I mean, I think that that one's kind of possible. I don't know what she's doing. Exactly. I, I would just be like, you don't know me. She was really good friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. That's my True. next theory, Melissa. That is your next theory? Yes. What, let's hear it. This is my favorite theory. So, Eleanor Roosevelt and Amelia Earhart were very close friends. I read this on Reddit, so we know it's true. I read it on a, on a different website, okay, too. good. So, one time they snuck <laughs> out of the White House to go to a party together. So people are believing that perhaps they were in a romantic relationship. Eleanor Roosevelt and Amelia Earhart. Whoa. So, right. So it's, it's, um, one of the theories is that maybe FDR was upset about this or like the government wanted to put a kibosh on it because like they didn't want, they didn't want Eleanor Roosevelt, Roosevelt to be outed as a lesbian. And so they, they somehow fucked up the plane um, so that when Amelia was going to do this flight, the plane would destruct or crash they and sabotage her. They sabotaged the relationship and the flight and killed. So basically like the CIA uh, or whatever killed Amelia Earhart. That one seems really crazy to me. Particularly like cra- crazy, crazy good or crazy bad? Crazy bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm like, this seems crazy good. <laughs> I thought we were going to go for crazy good. <laughs> I'm like starting to get convinced because you remember her, her marriage when she was like, I'm not changing my last name. And like her vows to him yeah. were like, we're sorry, I'm going to be away a lot. You're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Like she was, she was very not into her husband. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was. I mean, I, I don't put it past her. It could totally be that she's a lesbian. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Or that mm-hmm. she was um, in having an affair with a woman um, or that she was bisexual, whatever it was. Right. Uh, because the her uh, because of her terms to uh, Putnam, JP. Right. 
And I, I believe she openly had a few affairs while she was married to him. Ooh. Yes. Um, so I did. don't put it past her. And I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt, like I, she was a, a, a great mind. Yes. That's very attractive. Forward so thinker. Yeah. Yeah. Was she the one who said, do one thing every day that scares you? Oh, I don't know. But it's if she did, did that's I just good. make that up? <laughs> did I just make that up? <laughs> no, that was a Melissa. Is that my quote? Yeah, that was a Melissa Stetton quote. <laughs> Is that a Melissa quote? Is <laughs> she the one who said maybe it's Maybelline? <laughs> yeah. No, she said she she has some good quotes though. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. That's a good one. Another one. Ooh, that's a good one. A woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong it is until it's in hot water. <gasps> good oh, quote, yeah. Oh, she, that. she did say the do one thing every day that scares you. Okay, great. That's what, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you're they a, probably They could have had a lot in common. I, I'm sure they that did, like, yeah. sparks could have flown between them. For um, sure. Or they could have just been friends. Who knows? What I find difficult about that theory is that the CIA <laughs> wasn't formed until like the fifties or sixties. No, it was uh, the the. I don't plane, know. I'm just throwing out They dates. did quote unquote <laughs> did something to the plane. She, you know, she still had like they heard her her radio frequency right twenty hours after she took flight. So this thing that they did to the plane didn't go off (laughs) (laughs) they put a tiny hole in the gas tank it was just a little drip of gas so she had just a little 30 (laughs) gallons less than she thought she did (laughs) yeah they've messed with the gas things whatever gauges i like i like the eleanor roosevelt amelia Earhart bumping uglies theory (laughs) it's a fun theory yeah I, i like it too okay here's another theory she lived in New Jersey with a new identity of Irene Bolum. Mm-hmm. In November 2006, National Geographic, a fantastic paper, aired an episode of the Undiscovered History series about a claim that Earhart survived the world flight, moved to Jersey, changed her name, remarried, and became Irene Cragmile Cra- Bolum. That's, that's like a, she picked a horrible place to live and a horrible new name. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> that's already. Yeah. Two strikes against yeah. it. But go on. <laughs> this claim had originally been raised in the book Amelia Earhart Lives, 1970, by author Joe Class, based on the research of Major Joseph Gervais. Irene Bolum, who had been a banker in New York during the 1940s, denied being Earhart, filed a lawsuit requesting $1.5 million in damages and submitted a lengthy affid- affidavit, affidavit in which she rebuted the claims. The book's publisher took the book off the market shortly after it was re- released, and they reached an out-of-court settlement with Irene. Subsequently, Bolum's personal life history was documented by researchers, eliminating any possibility that she was Earhart. Uh, a criminal forensic expert hired by National Geographic studied photographs of both women and cited many measurable facial differences between Earhart and Bolum. So this is like a theory that's like debunked. Yeah, she straight up said, uh, it's not me, people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what you would say if you changed your identity. That's But apparently they looked a lot alike. And this was like someone wrote about this, and and it just kind of people globbed onto it. Um. So so we're it, it, with this theory. We're saying that she was sick of her life, <laughs> and the only way to you know 
continue a, a life that she wanted to do was to pretend to be someone else and to do this, you know, crash. And who helped her after she crashed? Or did she fly straight to New Jersey? <laughs> she flew straight to Newark. Landed at Teterboro, Teterboro <laughs> Airport. How did she get to New Jersey? Is my Listen, question. It's let's we're scrapping you know. this one. I don't like this. I don't like this one. We're scrapping it. There is another theory that I do like. Okay, that she landed on a different island and she lived as a castaway for a while and then just died. Love it. So there's another <laughs> island. I believe it's a Gardner Islands. It's was now named Nikumaroro. Okay. In the Kiribati's, and she lived. Apparently, they crashed, and they she, they just lived out the rest of her lives because they found bones in 1940, and they analyzed them in Fiji. Some scientists are like, "Yeah, it could for sure be her, or it could be the bones of like a man between the ages of 45 and 55, which could have been Fred." Yeah, true. That is true. They found artifacts like what that could be related to amelia they found an empty jar of this freckle cream that she liked and a piece of plexiglass that was similar to what was used on her lockheed electra airplane interesting the freckle cream to me is the the best evidence i've heard you ladies 100%. yeah <laughs> yeah so some they're like anthropologists were measuring the bones and some of them were like oh yeah these totally could be her bones because they're consistent with like her height and her weight and her size. But then some people say like a giant coconut crab probably ate them or like ate the remains because coconut crabs eat bones, apparently. Excuse you? Have you seen a coconut crab? No. They're like three feet. They're insane. What? Because they're like, well, where are the rest of the bones if there's only right. a few bones? Ew, I hate it. Oh, my God. I know. They're gross. Wait, I need to see Google it. Google it. Google image coconut crab. Oh, my God. Wow. It- <laughs> <laughs> gross. Yeah. If you I mean, cool. They're giant. It's like a lobster mix. Yeah. Like yeah. Scary- There's like a lot of articles. Did coconut crabs eat Amelia Earhart? I'm telling you guys. I look, I don't hate that theory. I don't yeah. hate that one. Cause, yeah, because there's a lot of little islands around that area that she could have easily landed at. And to me, logically, if you're running out of fuel and you don't, you know, it's not the right island, but you're like, at that point, any island is better. So you're like, fuck it, yeah. Than, you know, crashing. And this island was. I believe it was right before Howland Island, so it was kind of on the way. So it would have made sense. It was nearby. Okay, that. And, and you know, they, they probably would have died because they didn't have water. I mean, eventually they're yes. going to die of no food and water. This coconut crab that I'm looking at is like <laughs> bigger than my dog. It's the size of yeah. it's oh, the size yeah. of a golden retriever puppy. Yes, they're huge. We, I mean, it looks like something from Starship Troopers. Like we have to put yes. a picture. This is that could eat a per, that could eat a person. At least, I mean, for sure, like a, a a body of a person, it would just eat it right up. Okay, some other ones which are probably less uh, likely abducted by aliens that sucked up her in her airplane. <laughs> I it wouldn't be a web crawlers episode. <laughs> um, two. Glitched into another dimension that that somewhere okay. somewhere there's another dimension where Amelia 
Amelia did land her airplane and everything went smoothly and according to plan and she's still living her life. Because we literally just talked to John Tenney. We did a whole episode about another dimensions and glitching into other dimensions. She just blipped into... That's why she disappeared and they can't find anything. She just blipped into another dimension. She blipped into another dimension. Like, okay. If she had disappeared (laughs) in the middle of Times Square and no one found anything, I would be like, ooh, another dementia that sounds plausible <laughs> but like she's disappearing in the middle of the pacific ocean like fair of course. in an airplane that was running out of fuel <laughs> of course they're not gonna find anything okay it's fine. not a huge mystery <laughs> but the a- i mean if if i had to choose between the two of them the alien one look i'm not against other dimensions okay <laughs> that's a good stance to take <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But for this, I, I'm not feeling I, I, I'm not feeling strong evidence. Okay. Uh for There's just a lot of evidence that she didn't get blipped into another dimension. Like there's a lot of things that could go wrong and I guess blipping into another dimension is very low on the list. Yeah. Not Amelia Blippart. Um, do you think she could be living inside the body of a whale? Because <laughs> that's another theory on Reddit. Look, I guess whales live a long time, right? Yeah. Whales live a long time. They're very big. It's like the size of like a two bedroom apartment inside of she a whale. She could be living inside a whale. She would be 123 living inside of a whale right now. That's good for her. But I guess blubber <laughs> is good for your skin, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, so she'd look great. So that's the one you're going with? That uh, of the three of the aliens, dimen- other dimension and the whale. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of whales in, in the ocean. True. A lot. So... <laughs> I think I, I think a whale before an alien. I'm gonna. Okay. I have to go with a whale before an alien. Got it. What's this brain brain fog? What's this Bermuda fog thing? Okay, do you remember during our Bermuda episode we talked about a thing called electronic fog? I do remember that, which is created in these horizontal tunnels that form between thunderstorm cells. Ooh. Okay, so they're usually they're like two miles high. And they last for about five minutes. It's like this weird, it's like a giant wind tunnel thing. Okay. And so they collapse and they emit this puff of fog that can last for hours after storms dissipate. And the fog can drift all the way down to earth and then it can lift the fog to higher altitudes. So if a plane flies through this fog, it attaches to the aircraft and then like it throws it into the sea. Okay. It's this thing that like happened over Bermuda. Okay. That people think happen to these planes. It's like this weird wind tunnel of air that can fascinating drag a plane. That's interesting. Okay. So th- that would so so if it happened in they're saying that if it happened in Bermuda, why couldn't it happen in other places? I mean, it's on the other side of the globe, right? But <laughs> <laughs> sure. But were there thunder? What was the weather like when she was flying? There were clouds. That that was a big problem because they were doing celestial navigation. If if you can't see the stars, right? Uh, you can't see the uh, you know the moon and the the sun. Then right, uh, that hinders your navigation skills. So yeah. not great. It could. I mean, some crazy fog. I wouldn't put it past it. 
Yeah, maybe. So far, we've got the fog. We've got the uh, the Nicomororo, Nicomororo Island. Nicom- yeah. yeah, yes. Well, the crash and crash and yeah and disappear. I think she crashed into that Gardner Island and was eaten by giant crabs. Yes, I, that feels the most likely to me. And only her freckle honestly. cream was left. Her freckle cream right. was found. Although she could have crashed nearby, and the freckle cream could have washed. It could have washed up, up on yeah. shore. Um, Rebecca, what's your final consensus? What do you think it was? <laughs> well, you know, I really think that she crashed and end of story, but <laughs> into the ocean, into the ocean. But uh, I have to say that you have kind of opened up my mind to the possibility. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Of a whale. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Of her actually landing somewhere. Interesting. Crashing and and dying. um, Just being a castaway. The castaway theory. Castaway theory. Okay. Castaway theory. It's an option. It's an option. Perfect. Now, if people want to hear like the straight up facts, what happened, because we're going to go over them a little bit, but you know, we love our theories. Uh, where can people listen to The Alarmist? Well, you can listen to The Alarmist on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be doing an episode only on Amelia Earhart and her uh, background and the what went wrong during the actual trip. Perfect. We don't talk about the theories, so stick to the web crawlers for all the theories. And you have Amelia Earhart expert on. Yes, you guys have really an expert. Knows. You we have an yeah. expert. This episode just has me and Melissa talking about <laughs> Amelia Earhart living inside the belly of a whale. So if you yeah. want to hear about insider stuff, head over to The Alarmist. Uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. It is such a pleasure. I love you. I love I you love guys you. too. <laughs> have a, I, I love I you too. I'm in love with you. <laughs> I, I love you. Uh, have a good rest of the day. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. So those are our theories for the day. Um, Melissa, if people have our own the- their own theories or want to contact us or anything, um, where can they reach us? You guys can send us an email at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram or Reddit or Facebook. And uh, if in the future you want episodes uh, five days a week instead of three, and if you want to see me in my Sasquatch costume reading uh, Bigfoot erotica and also doing my (laughs) alley time video, please uh, donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash webcrawlers. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm Maria, producer. Bye. Bye. Powered by ACAST. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.